This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about dill. So many puns. So many oh, puns. Oh, goodness. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Any reason this one was on your mind? Uh, we hadn't done an herb and or spice in just a second. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this earlier this summer, but... Then Russia invaded Ukraine, and I didn't really want to think about them for a minute, so I've been putting it off. Ah, well. But here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Well, I will tell you, (laughs) my family is big into dill. Yeah? Um, Yes. I think I've talked about this before. My brother loves dill pickles. So much that he has a pickle Christmas ornament, which apparently (laughs) is a German tradition, hiding the pickle. I think when we did that episode, we talked about it. We did. And listeners wrote in and confirmed that it's a thing. I don't think my mom knew that when she got him the ornament. I don't think it's a deep, deep tradition, but right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is is certainly a thing. I have had a dill pickle ornament. I'm not sure if it's just in storage or if it broke, but, Mm. but one way or another... Why not hang a pickle ornament from your tree? Why not? Why not? Why not? Um, well, we can fix this. When we, can. when we get to the bottom of what happened to your ornament, Lauren, mm-hmm. we'll we'll figure it out one way or the other. Great, great. Um, <laughs> yes, my brother's favorite chips are dill dill chips, dill pickle chips. Um, I just gave my mom 
a dill bloody mary mix and she loved Ooh, it all right yeah um, and i love it too i i love it in things like chickpea salad um oh yeah yeah fresh Ooh, fre- fresh dill the like yes. dill weed yeah uh-huh. uh yeah yeah i i was thinking while i was writing the the outline for this one and i'm not sure if i've ever cooked with dill seed before and now i'm like why haven't i that sounds mm-hmm. delicious um Usually I only break out fresh dill when I'm making um, chicken soup uh, oh. because to me, it's like an integral part of matzo ball soup. So, oh. so if that's what okay. I'm, if that's what I'm up to, then I break out the fresh dill, but I don't mm. know why I don't use it all the time. It's delightful. It is delightful. And now I want to put it in my soup. You know, I love soup and it's oh, soup season. It is soup season now, officially. Mm-hmm. Yes. Happy fall, y'all. Happy fall, y'all. It is hard to break apart the history of dill without talking about pickles, so definitely see our pickle episode. Yep, yep. Yep, and shout out to our coworker and friend, Ramsey, and his amazing homemade pickles, which we talked about in that. Yeah. They are delicious. I love them very much, but there's fresh dill in those in the jar he gives you. For sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. We are, (laughs) uh, we're we're unionizing, y'all. The iHeart podcast team is working on uh, bargaining a union contract with the company. And to our first in-person bargaining meeting, Ramsey, in fact, brought a jar of pickles. And I bet it improved everything all the more for it. (laughs) Shared them across the table. It was lovely. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I'm so jealous. They are so good. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Oh, they really are. They really are. I think we were eating them with chopsticks because we just didn't have any forks. (laughs) I love that. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Yes, anyway. All right. Uh, I guess this brings us to our question. Mm -hmm. Dill. What is it? Well, uh, dill is a plant used for both its feathery leaves as an herb and its tiny seeds as a spice, uh, both of which add a little savory, lemony, pungent kick to, to just all kinds of savory dishes around the world. It's like a, like a milder, happy medium between fennel and caraway. Uh, mm. It's like... I'm biased because this just happened, but it's like the first day of fall. It's like a little crisp and bracing, but still so bright and and warming, kind of sunny. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a cool sunshine. Like a yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that again, excellent <laughs> job, Lauren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, the dill plant, uh, botanical name, uh Anethum graviolens. I think. Let's go with it. Yeah, dill is a member of the Apiaceae, or carrot, family, along with other herbs like uh, parsley, caraway, and fennel. Uh, Dill looks a lot like fennel from the ground up. It grows these skinny stalks about one to four feet tall, like a third of a meter to a little bit over a meter, with these um, deep bluish green leaves that grow in long, soft, fine needle shapes in these big feathery clusters. Um, It'll flower with these big firework bursts of tiny little yellow blooms, uh, similar to carrot or fennel or Queen Anne's lace, if you're familiar with that. If pollinated, dill will produce these small dry fruits, each of which contains a single seed. The seeds could be used culinarily, a whole or ground, to season any number of dishes. And the feathery leaves are also used fresh or dried, however you use herbs, 
Fresh is generally preferred because you do lose a lot of the flavor when you dry dill. Also, it's just pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That flavor is both um, herbal, savory, and, and a little bitter or bracing. Um, a little bit of like licorice in there. Um, a little bit lemony. Uh, the seeds taste a little bit warmer. Um, the fresh herb can have like a grassy, uh, slightly sweet note to it. Oh, gosh. The cravings, Lauren. <laughs> the cravings. <laughs> uh, um, but I'm pretty sure the whole plant is edible, like including the flowers. Uh, dill plants do grow uh, a wee little taproot that looks that looks sort of like a like a vampire got to an already anemic carrot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Benicula at it again. <laughs> Damn you, Benicula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, dill has just right all kinds of savory applications um, in cuisines around the world. Um, you know, people put it in meat or bean or fish dishes, um, in rice or potato or vegetable or salad dishes, in savory pastries and breads, in dairy-based sauces and dips. Um, it's great in pickling, right? Uh just just a sampling of a few dishes that have dill as as sort of a a main flavor component swedish cured salmon uh greek stuffed grape leaves and tzatziki sauce some kinds of eastern european and or russian borscht um and some german style pickles yeah but right dill pickles whole separate whole separate situation or mm-hmm. episode it's a similar situation <laughs> it's all kinds of things yeah. uh, <laughs> To be honest, well, what about the nutrition? Uh, Dill seeds and fronds are used as seasonings because they pack such a big flavor punch, which means that, like, you're not generally eating enough for them to have a very large dietary impact. Though they are a great way to to add flavor for a low-caloric buck, if that's something that you're looking to do. And that being said, um, as we will get into in the history section pretty deeply, uh, dill has been used medicinally to treat all kinds of things for thousands of years. And it does indeed contain a really good spread of uh, vitamins and minerals and various other micronutrients with antioxidant and antimicrobial properties. So it and its extracts are under investigation for a number of potential medicinal uh, applications, but as always, save your motto, you know, bodies are complicated, more research is necessary. Before consuming a medicinal amount of anything, you <laughs> should you should check with a health professional who is not us. I love this. I love that it's become like the very tired version of the like legalese on any prescription <laughs> commercial. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, oh, no, no, we're not medical professionals. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, today I'm a very tired <laughs> version yeah. of myself. So, so that's yes, okay. <laughs> you know, it happens. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Heck yeah, um, heck yeah. <laughs> so we have kind of a number for you. <laughs> oh man, I this is one of those things where I okay, so there is like a huge global market for certainly dill seed and dill oil, but it's one of the things that I couldn't access the precise numbers to unless I paid thousands and thousands of dollars for the the market report, mm-hmm. which I I wasn't, I, I honestly wasn't going to do ever. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh-huh. so <laughs> it's, it's grown and used fresh in a lot of places. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also processed for its seeds and its oils in a lot of places. 
Furthermore, um, I couldn't find any dill-specific festivals, mm. but there are a bunch of dill pickle festivals yes. around the United States, many of which incorporate a dill pun in their name, such as uh, the Big Dill. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah. and just dill with it. <laughs> and you can look forward to many of those puns coming your way, Lauren, when I am brainstorming for the title of this episode. I I do, in fact, look forward to that deeply. That is yes. going to be a very bright spark in my week. Yes, just like a dill can add to all kinds of things people like to add it to. Yes. Including ice cream. Um, but yes, we've got quite a bit of history for you. We do, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. 
As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, Dill's history... It's a bit of a mystery. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but historians generally think it originated in the Mediterranean and or Western Asia. Uh, the first known written mention of dill comes out of an Egyptian medical text from 3000 BCE. Dill was grown in Babylonian gardens uh, by this time as well. According to some sources I found, uh, the ancient Egyptians might have also used it like to keep witches and the like away. Um, and also, say it with me, Al, as an aphrodisiac. <laughs> yep. <sighs> I love it. I love it. Mark off that bingo card. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, but, but I appreciate that this one is both witch repellent yes. and aphrodisiac. Right? So good. It's multifunctional. <laughs> you don't want witches bothering you <laughs> when you want an aphrodisiac. That's not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Dillweed might have been seen as a sign of good luck during first century CE Rome, and the ancient Egyptians might have considered it as a symbol of wealth. Um, they used dill in their scented oils, and the oil was sometimes utilized in winemaking. Hmm. Uh, and the ancient Egyptians were not the only ones by far who used dill medicinally. And it was often used specifically for stomach issues. Yeah. Um, it was used for all kinds of things, which we'll get into for a minute, but a lot of stomach stuff, like as an appetite suppressant. I call I saw it called something really funny to me. Like a basically like you use it in public so your stomach won't growl in yeah. public. Um so it was called like a public quieting something. <laughs> but yes, uh it was used for that and also for freshening breath. Um there is mention of something that is probably dill in the Bible. There's a little bit of a argument about what exactly, because it, it's a translation error, basically. Oh. Or, or there's two different translations. One is dill, and one is, like, something that is not dill. But uh, most people seem to think it was dill. Okay. Anyway, uh, Dioscorides wrote about the healing power of scorched dill seeds, particularly for wounded soldiers. Our plow Pliny wrote about it, too, um, that, among other things, it could stayeth the hiccups— Stayeth Which I put, the I put the hiccups. I know, I love that. Stayeth the hiccups. Um, it was called something else, but I put the hiccups in because no one would have known. I didn't know what it was, but it was hiccups. It was, it hiccups. was a different word, <laughs> but it was hiccups. Um, the Romans used dill for their soldiers, and gladiators were fed meals covered in dill in the hopes of boosting their courage. Uh, but yeah, uh, it has dill has been used to treat. All kinds of ailments. Um, 
An ancient Egyptian medical document recommends it as a painkiller. The ancient Greeks may have placed dill over their eyes as a sleep aid, which I love. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sounds nice. Uh, dill water might have been used to soothe babies with colic, and it was often prescribed for women who were breastfeeding. Some accounts suggest that Charlemagne demanded that bottles of dill oil were available at meals to combat hiccups or stomach issues or stomach noises particularly because he hated those, I guess. He apparently yeah. really detested it. <laughs> yeah. Um, later, herbalist Nicholas Culpepper described dill as a tonic for the brain. So, yeah, uh, a lot of things, mm -hmm. a lot of things. And then, okay, so I'm always a tad hesitant to include myths and folklore from places and time periods that I don't really have a lot of experience with. Um, just because a lot of times I think it can, I can only find it in like one or two places. The details are vague. Yeah. Um, and I think there can sort of be this vibe of like, look at these silly people and their beliefs. Oh, yes, those other people and their ridiculous ideas. Let's buy an <laughs> NFT. Um, yeah, right. sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a little hard to explain, but um, I have to include a few of them around Dill that I found. Okay. Because they are quite fun. And listeners, if you have any more info, please let us know, as always. Oh, yeah. And we do genuinely, we, we love this stuff. We genuinely love this stuff. Um, yeah. So... We are not making fun so much as sharing something no, 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 legit. No. Grain of salt, in. <laughs> also, it's delightful. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, witches. All right. As mentioned, <laughs> dill was often used to fend off witchcraft. Uh, historians think this might be because of the strong smell, perhaps. Um, people might have hung it up around their houses or wore it in a charm. And they might have thought that if, you know, they'd been cursed. Let's drink this dill water, and that would rid you of the curse. Oh, However, uh -huh. it was also believed that witches used dill in their spells. Oh. So multifaceted again. Um, aphrodisiacs. <laughs> also, as mentioned earlier, some cultures thought that dill was an aphrodisiac, and as an extension of that, they might have used it in love potions. Okay. And on top of that, yes, this believed connection to love may have translated to some wedding ceremonies. So based on this, I found this in two places. Um, some European brides might have worn a sprig of dill and or included some in their bouquets um, on their wedding day oh. to bless their marriage with happiness. Yeah. But, but oh. on the other hand, for a woman who wanted to be in charge of the household— she might have secretly carried seeds of mustard and dill to the wedding and say, I have you mustard and dill. Husband, when I speak, you stay still. Mm. Oh, okay. Again, listeners, if you know more about this, because I read that and I was like, ooh, I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> I like it, but I don't yeah, know for sure. I don't know. <laughs> I think we have talked about that before. I can't, it was in another herb. So I guess that's sort of a, maybe it's a popular a legend or pra maybe practice, but of putting the thing in for the woman to be the <laughs> yeah. in charge of the household. Hmm. Um, European monks might have thought that Dill would keep away the incubus or male demons looking to prey on sleeping women as well. So there's quite a few legends, stories around Dill, uh, <laughs> which I, I enjoy. Um, and yeah, because Dill was prized in Europe, uh, as we move out of our kind of myths right, and folklore right. session. Not, not just for witches and yes. uh, incubi, et cetera. 
Exactly. <laughs> I love that, which is incubi, etc. cetera. Uh, <laughs> no, it was quite prized. Um, and in Europe, because of that, it was often the subject of taxation and or tithing. Although I believe that mention in the Bible was about tithing, using dills hmm. um, and tithing. But um, Edward I of England, for instance, he needed money to repair the London Bridge during the late 1200s and early 1300s, somewhere in there. Um, he implemented a few initiatives to fund these repairs, including a tax on dill and other spices and herbs, which... One of the fun things about this show is I feel like I know a lot more about, like, old-timey taxes now. But I feel like we've talked about this before. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we have. Dill was a popular herb in England in the 17th century, and it was a staple of many kitchen gardens. When Eastern Europeans arrived to America in the 1600s, they brought their recipes with them. Many of these recipes incorporated dill. And yes, um, as I said... For a lot of our history, it's almost impossible to separate dill from pickles. Yeah. Um, especially when you're uh, a food podcaster uh, Googling it. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you can see our pickle episode for a lot more information. But very, very briefly, um, pickles at their simplest are brined fruits and vegetables. They've been around since ancient times. Um, oh, yeah. they, they start popping up in the written record around when dill does. Um, and dill probably showed up in the mix for pickles pretty early on. Pickles often made with dill were a staple for Jewish people in Eastern Europe. And when many of them immigrated to the U.S. in the 18 and 1900s, they introduced these pickles to the country or localized areas in the country, at least, um, on a larger scale. And to this day, dill pickles is what comes to mind for a lot of Americans when they think about pickles. Yeah. Um, so, yes, a big deal indeed. Um, <laughs> and I will say, like, this was one, there wasn't that much on it. And I couldn't tell if it's because it's one of those things that people just were, it was around and they didn't write about it that much. Um, but I do know for a fact, like, this was a very kind of Western European look at dill. And so there's a lot missing. So, again, listeners, if you have any information, resources, stories, please let us know. Yeah, I, I think that with, with a lot of these herbs, part of the reason that it's hard to dig up historical information about them is that they were so common and so so easily moved around. You know, the seeds are portable, and so when people moved, they moved with the seeds. And so, therefore, they made their way into all of these different cuisines and through all of these different trade routes. And because the people, in the case of English-language histories, writing about them, you know, they didn't come from some exotic place. Mm -hmm. um, they just came from Europe. So therefore, we weren't bowled over by them like we were by, say, cinnamon. Um, right. And so without that boost of exoticism, it was just like, oh, yeah, it's dill. It's dill. It's everywhere. Cool. Yeah. Don't need to write yeah. about that. It's just dill. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't really look into it, but because it's called dill weed, I did assume, like, it must have been pretty, like, yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, like, no joke, it was so much of the results when I was searching were about pickles. Yeah. Uh, so I think that makes it a bit difficult as well, because people are more excited to write about pickles, I guess, than they <laughs> are about dill. Yeah. Or at least that was my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and and yeah, uh, it, it it for sure right. It, it's it's incorporated in so many different cuisines. Um, please, please, if you have a recipe from your neck of the world uh, that incorporates dill seeds or fresh dill, let us know. Yes, 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but, all right, I think that brings us to the end of what we have to say about Dill for now. It does. We do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with 
of the leaves. Oh, <laughs> oh how nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Barbie wrote, I just finished listening to another podcast with the two of you talking about fictional foods in a show I've never heard of. <laughs> it got me wondering why there is not an episode about any of the fictional food that is my world. The obvious answer is that I am a reader rather than a watcher of TV or film. Hmm. Hmm. One of my favorite fictional foods is from Sue Grafton's novels about private investigator Kinsey Milhone. Kinsey is too busy to keep much food at her house and frequently comes home late at night and her only choice is a peanut butter and pickle sandwich Hmm. made with chunky peanut butter and bread and butter pickles. Hmm. Since I keep neither of those items or bread at my house, it is always a fantasy for me to have one. I love that you can talk about things totally unknown to me and make them so much fun. Well, that's good to know. I know I know you've written in about that before, and it continues to be a relief. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because we do get so excited about those episodes, and I I mean we joke about it when we do them, but we're always like, who? If you don't know what we're talking about, I don't know that this makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Although I don't know, man. There, there's any number of topics that we go into about real foods yes. in the real world that that one or both of us have very little experience with that we're like, whoo, this could be anything. Like, what? Truth. That is <sighs> very, very true. Um, but also, I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this particular fictional property. Uh, but the peanut butter and pickle sandwich, I have heard of. Yeah. I have tried. And it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> did, we, did we make one? Or was that a... We did, like, we did a mayo, mayo peanut pickle? butter pickle, yeah. Okay. And I wasn't happy about the mayo part, but the the pickle peanut butter, I get. I get that. Yeah, salty uh-uh. and sweet. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. But I love that that's like a, I didn't know. To me, that kind of came out of the internet a couple yeah. of years ago. I like that it's included in this and that it's also kind of a fantasy for you. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't have those items. <laughs> huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Should add it to the list. Yeah, the oh, list. bread and butter pickles. I've been thinking about dill pickles all episode, and now I'm like, oh, but bread and butter pickles. Yeah, uh-huh. People have their pickle preferences, that is for sure. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like a pickle. I, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, anyway, anyway. <laughs> uh, Julia wrote, Growing up in St. Petersburg, I remember constantly going to Tampa for authentic Cubans. Cuban sandwiches, that is. There were so many old, well-established sandwich shops uh, using La Segunda bread and making an amazing traditional Cuban sandwich. I never even knew Miami tried to pretend it had something to do with it until I was older, and I immediately recognized it as hogwash. (laughs) While it is less prominent now, the Tampa Bay area was awash in Cuban culture and cuisine. Most of the coffee shops sold Cuban coffee, and many of the pastries were Cuban-derived. I distinctly remember the difference between my mom's American-style sugar cookies and the amazing Cuban-style sugar cookies we would get at the beach or when out and about. Cuban sugar cookies have this wonderful, crunchy, sandy top layer that's just so texturally exciting, and I'm getting nostalgic thinking about it. While Albertsons is no longer in Florida, I distinctly remember that they had big hot cases full of fresh-baked Cuban bread by the registers, and I later learned it's normally French bread. Seeing how much Cuban history is in the area, I can't imagine anyone believing Swampy Miami could have created this sandwich. I think the news media willingly printing such blatant lies helped erode the public trust in the media. 
The idea of fake news was born in Miami when they tried to steal a classic Tampa sandwich and claim it as their own. Strong opinions, yes. <laughs> I think a few people have written about this recently because there was an article that oh. got published about this whole thing pretty pretty recently, and I love it. You all are like, no, wait a minute, let me weigh in. It's so great. It's so great. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love, um, there's uh, one of the, like, office park food courts that I went to recently by our new offices has a Cuban sandwich place and they offer or like a sandwich press place and they've got two varieties of the Cuban the Miami variety and the Tampa variety and I oh. <laughs> I adore I adore that they're not even choosing they're just like look y'all like like order what you want yes. like yeah that <laughs> that's essentially us in that episode we did yeah. on the Cuban sandwich in an actual shop form where we're just like raising our hands up yeah no nope. backing away yeah <laughs> do what you want I'm not gonna tell you I'm not gonna tell mm-hmm. you no <laughs> fantastic oh my gosh um yes well definitely check out that episode if if like the fictional food you're listening to this and aren't entirely sure what we're talking about because we talked about it in the cuban sandwich episode at length oh yeah um but yes thanks to uh, both of these listeners for writing in Mm -hmm. if you would like to write to us you can uh our email is hello at saverpod.com You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SaverPod. And uh, we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.